your unfriendly neighborhood dungeon master Kyle, welcome you to the penultimate episode of Caverns and Comedians, and we're playing out the giant boss battle that I assure you I had planned out from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that all of these characters would be here. We may not know anyone's motivations, but we know they were coming here. <laughs> in a spirit of adventure, we ask you to strap in and try to fight back your tears. No crying yet. Leave those to the end. Uh, and I hope you really enjoy this one. Remember, uh, let us know what you think of this. Let us know what you think is going to happen next. Uh, get at us at Caverns Pod on Twitter. And remember to tell your friends to download this because it's now a complete and cohesive thing, almost. Uh, so get them to listen to it because they have been missing out. Two more weeks. I could just I could just edit in music if you want. I really hope that's not trademark music. In some way. I hope so. No, 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 no. Don't sue us. Trademark DJ Kyle. Welcome. To Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, the party commandeered parts of Coney's death robot, but failed to stop the ritual. The Demon Lord rises. The city of Tudo is on fire. The grand spires of the tower district have begun to fall. There is smoke and dust rising. It is very difficult for anyone to see what is happening from outside. From the inside, from inside the head of a giant death homunculus, or perhaps its koala-shaped left arm, or from the back of an ancient copper dragon, you might see something very different than just a cloud, you would see a circle of fire and this gigantic hand reaching out, beginning to pull a hairy, furry, mangy, huge shape from within. And slowly rising from this fiery pit, Comes the dread demon lord, you know who. Holy! That would. Oh my gosh! Um. So, Connie, was was your plan? Uh, does it still work if if we fail to stop the summoning? Hank is shouting out the window. All who look upon him are gripped with madness. Within f- the mind of Fook Wimbles, all of society becomes a farce, a lie. He wants to burn it all to the ground and live like the forefathers lived, live like the foremothers did, red in tooth and claw. Wait a minute. I can poop anywhere. In the mind of Snakey, the young, unformed mind, she wants to be part of a group. She wants... She's angry, and she wants justice, and she wants everybody around her to join her and follow And do as she does. I don't know what it is, but I want to kill it. Who's with me? Hands? Do I see hands? One? Two? Yeah! And stirring slightly in the mind of Hank Brody, a desire to 
adorn himself with ornaments, perhaps from his fallen enemies, perhaps from those who would do him wrong, or just anything he can find. Oh, wait, no, I, got, I need proof that I killed the pilot originally here. Hank looks around the cockpit, finds some strands of hair, and sticks them in his pocket. Now the people will know that I am invincible. The full height of you-know-who is imposing. It stands above the tallest tower. It is larger even than the giant death homunculus. He has turned to view this new land that he has been summoned to. And he moves to take his first steps. He is across what was once a fine, luxurious square, but is now strewn with rubble. As the party fought their way through, there were court magicians firing attack spells from their towers. Most of them have been killed, but there are still a few alive, though they are quite distant. And several hundred feet away, there is the giant death robot homunculus. In the sky above him, flying away from him, are three dragons. Don't be rude, Hank. Wave at him. Hank tries to work the controls to just try to see if he can wave or punch or what he's able to do. No, don't just extend that finger. He's the only one I got full control of so far. I'm working on it. Hank finds that he can sort of make the arm almost punch, sort of swing around as though that he feels that he could really make this a bludgeoning arm. See, Coney, this isn't so hard to figure out. I got the punch all good. I think we're sending the wrong message. Don't touch that button. That button. Wait, this one? We only have so many charges with this. This is this has very strong, powerful magics that it can unleash as as a, an attack. But we only have a few charges in each. Fug! Fug! Press all the buttons! Everybody do something! I can't think of anything except pressing the button. She's right. Here, press this button. Ooh. Fook presses that button. A little cup comes up out of the console, and it's full of nice hot coffee. Yeah, I'm a tea person. Snakey has her eye on the magicians on top of the buildings. Hey, guys, you uh, you want an appetizer before the big meal? Jillison speaks up. Are you, are you implying that we eat people? No, we just toast them. And then we can eat them if we want to. Oh, I can, I could, I could definitely douse them all with some acid. Oh, would you? That would be awesome. So, Fwain and Jillis and the ancient copper dragons go on a a bombing run and breathe their mighty breath powers, and they melt these wizards that are shooting at you guys. There, there are no more fire bolts. There are no more cones of colds coming from you because they're just green coppery goo. That's for my city, and that's for my dad, and that's for my friends, and this is because I have a lot of feelings pent up inside. The three dragons have swooped sort of out of the direct path of the giant demon lord. So he turns on the largest thing in front of him, which is the giant death homunculus. Uh Uh-oh. He is carrying... A huge flail. It has a long chain and a spiked iron ball on the end of it. It resembles a wrecking ball and has about as much force. He takes huge steps towards the robot and swings his flail. Uh, Hank, can you take care of that? 
Uh, I cannot. This does not bode well. <laughs> you know who raises his huge hand up and brings it down three times? It rattles this huge metal contraption. It creaks. There are dents in it now, and all within you are sh- all within are shaken. The sound of it is nearly deafening. For just a brief moment, you hear nothing. Ooh, somebody's knocking. Should I let him in? No, Fook. What did you say? Also, no. Probably not. Don't do it. Fook darts forward and presses the button he was not supposed to press. So you launch the fear ray, which unfortunately does nothing to giant you-know-who. It's the only one that wouldn't do anything to him. Ooh, you're right. These buttons are worthless. Wait, no, you didn't say that. I just thought that. I'm right. These buttons are worthless. You really are saving saving no time here. This is, this is not, not being helpful at all, Fook. Well, I'm trying. You could have asked me what any of these buttons did. Well, all you told me was that one makes coffee. Yes, that was the, that was the least important button and perhaps the only one you should be allowed to touch. Fook mashes his body against the entire panel. There is one button that sort of reflects Coney's sense of humor. A panel on the roof of the chamber opens, and there's a a giant hand on a metal extender comes, grips you, picks you up, and places you five feet away from the console. Ooh, I've got to admit that one's handy. It slightly slaps you. Hank pushes down on the comm button uselessly while he shouts out the window at Coney. Hey, Coney, is this a robot right-handed or left-handed? It doesn't favor either hand. They're mechanical. Okay, other hand, you punch him. I got an idea. Hank casts Conjure Minor Elementals, summons four smoke methods all around you-know-who's head. Little flying impish things made out of smoke that start trying to scratch at his eyes. You-know-who swats them away with his giant hand. And as they die, they burst into clouds of smoke, covering his entire head. The cloud of smoke is perhaps the cleverest thing that Hank has ever done. However, a powerful demon lord from the abyssal plane needs not things like sight, for he sees all. Hank does not know this. I blinded him! Now! Do it now! The other hand hears you and you almost see its shoulders shrug and then it makes a an attack and it hits him coney steps forward to the to the console and very carefully selects a button and a disintegration ray shoots out of the eye of the homunculus and you know who is just barely able to dive out of its ray Coney just says quietly to himself, Crap. Looks like you're not any good either! Shut up, you! Ha ha! Why do we have to be enemies? Well, because you... I didn't like you enough to become lovers. I've always been hurt by that. As intended. Back up in the air, Snakey has taken out virtually all of the sniper wizards from the towers. <laughs> yes, live at the melt. Well, I guess there's only one guy left. 
He's a pretty big guy, though, Snakey. What, are you scared? Yes, yes, I am very scared. I think it is very reasonable to be scared in this situation. Well, uh, let me just say that you're riding with someone who is pretty much got an amazing track record. Like, I've not killed one person, like, maybe ever. I have, uh, I have been alive for several hundred years. I have seen things that you could possibly never comprehend totally. And I am very, very deeply trying to control my bodily functions uh-huh, at this uh-huh, moment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, uh, watch this. Snaky casts Hunter's Mark. Okay, well, uh, I've cast my spell, so uh, on the count of three, uh, breathe really hard. Jillison's acid breath burns a section of the Demon Lord's skin. He is now very aware of your presence and the threat that you present. Within the mind of you-know-who, there are incomprehensible darknesses and hungers. The spirit of every knoll springs from the fountain of you-know-who. And all that can be said to be going through his mind is kill and consume. In the minds of those near him who have been driven to madness, just the word eat seems to be coming from him. It's coming from him in every language, so it's very hard to tell those of you who can speak multiple languages will hear it three or four times. Those who speak common will hear it in a cacophony of gibberishy echo. You know who wipes his flail at each of the dragons? The first one hits Bibby square on his stupid silver head. Wait, that makes me feel strangely bad. The second one catches Fwain in the wing and sort of throws him off course a bit. Keep in there, bud. You can do it. But Jillicent and Snaky upon her are able to swing out of the way at the last second, pulling off an incredible barrel roll and sort of a twist and a flip, and the flail harmlessly misses them. Ah! Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, that was close. And you know who really tart now looks upon this one that he missed, the only thing he's attacked so far that he has not hit. And you feel his eyes upon you. As you lock eyes with, you know, who the the flood of his madness forces you to look away. And as you are looking anywhere but his eyes, his giant eyes, you see a tiny figure on his shoulder. The figure of a man. Fook looks around the control room, seeing that uh, that Coney seems to have everything under control and that there's not much use that Fook can be. So he looks out the windshield and waits for you-know-who to come close. And he gets his chance as you-know-who is swinging at the dragons. His arms are so long that one of his back swings takes him very close to the control room of the homunculus. And Fook disappears into a silvery mist and reappears on you-know-who's arm amongst the long arm hair, just grabbing on for his life, and then starts trudging towards the head. Fook is barely able to hang on to the coarse, huge hairs. The follicles on these are almost too large for him to get a grasp on, but he's just barely able to stay on this swinging arm and slowly make his way up towards the shoulder. Thank you for not waxing. Hank, seeing Fook 
climbing the giant beast, realizes he might need a little help. With one hand, he works the controls, moving the hand of the giant robot closer to Fook. And with his other hand, he works the somatic components of a spell, casting haste, making Fook twice as fast. All of this activity around Yanelhu is enraging him to the point where he's become even more savage than normal. He is going to snarl and bite everyone around him. He is not able to successfully get a bite on the homunculus, but he is able to bite Bibby and Fwain. Again, I feel bad. These majestic dragons are now visibly wounded in the battle. Once again, Jillicent and Snakey are able to barely avoid the giant fangs. Oh, now you're really making me mad. And upon the shoulder of the demon lord, a vast and powerful mage readies an attack. And to the rest of you, to everyone but Snakey, you just see a shaft of black light flash from you know whose shoulder and hit square in the center square in the control center of the giant homunculus and it shudders and you see sparks flying and there's a small there is a hole now basically where Fook had just been standing he's got laser eyes on his shoulder that's my only possible conclusion Fook it's a dude can you hear me Fook, there's a dude! Alright! Oh, 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 no, there's a dude on his shoulder, Fook! There's a dude! Well, that's not incredibly relevant. Watch out! Okay. Well, um, what else you got? Well, I'm, I'm pretty big and I got sharp claws. Hey, that's fun. Let's go get his face. Jillison swoops in and is able to get her teeth into the neck of you-know-who. And then the claw... Her right claw slashes him as she's biting, and she attempts to swing her tail around, but you know who moves to try to swat her away, and the tail just barely misses, and it barely misses Fook on the side as it swoops by and musses up his hair with its wind. There is black goo coming out of the wound on you know who now. <laughs> make him bleed. If it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> <laughs> to hell so as Jillicent flies away the flail comes up and it's just too slow Jillicent is so graceful in the air that she is able to dodge out of the way wow you're amazing <laughs> thanks sir. I'm exhilarated now I was scared before now it's just adrenaline I love killing things don't you I'm getting a taste for it yeah after I killed all those humans, I'd never killed a human before. I think I'm good at it. Oh, it's great. You're doing so great. Thanks. So are you. Thanks. The demon lord is just a mass of rage. There is You feel his emotions in your mind. You feel the anger and desire to kill. And something in him boils over. He reaches and bites the giant death homunculus and rips its head off. There is now an opening. If Fook had still been there, he would surely be dead. The chamber that you were standing in is, is open. There is a huge hole in the side of it. There is now open air above it. And you don't see anything on the inside. It's just 
a chasm where the console was and no sign of Coney. Not even any sprays of blood on the wall. The flails catch both Bibby and Fwain. And they fall to the ground. Fwain appears to be moving but unable to raise his wings. And Bibby doesn't seem to be moving at all. Oh, c- come on, guys. You can do it. You-, you like tough dragons and stuff. Also, you've been of no use in this battle whatsoever, so you can feel free to withdraw. Fook, that's your baby daddy. Wait, what? Fook continues to climb towards the head. Double speed. You get to the crest of the shoulder. And as you pull yourself up as though you were coming to a plateau on a mountain, you see it looks as though it's Coney. But it's also slightly different than the appearance of Coney that you just saw. It, the face is the same. The hair is different. The clothes are different. There's something around the eyes is different. There's a wild, mad look in them. And there's a great chain hanging about his neck with jewels and a large representation of the seal of the city of Tudo hanging from it. Has he noticed Fook yet? No, he has not. Fook casts a hunter's mark so that he can keep track of this person and then sort of burrows deeper into the fur to progress a little more stealthily. Oh, no, they took off my robot's head. I'm going to take off your... Not robot's head. Hank grips tightly the controls and works them to try to execute an uppercut. Hank attempts a mighty haymaker of an uppercut. The full weight of the core of this giant contraption is moving to support it. It flies through the air and misses completely. In fact, it misses so badly, and because there is no longer any central control of the robot, there is no longer a balance control, the robot begins to fall backwards. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, it's not my fault. It's not. I, I never got trained. It's not my fault. Over the intercom, the guy control the, sorry, the woman controlling the other arm says, what did you just do? Why would you think that? Why would you think that was a good idea? You could just smash down from the bottom. You could do so many other things. Hank shouts out the window. I was thinking like rock'em sock'em. That, this is not what that's designed for. I'm sorry. As it begins to fall, slowly it's teetering over inevitably. You see... The telltale glow of a teleportation spell in the other arm. Oh, you're just all going to leave me here then? Great. And you just sort of see the, uh, the woman who was on the other arm standing on one of the few remaining towers looking down on you, shaking her head. And on the shoulder of the giant demon lord, the wizard who looks remarkably like Coney is... Distracted by movement to his side, he turns to see an armored gnome burrowing through the short hairs of the shoulder. And Fook doesn't have line of sight, so he hasn't seen this guy notice him. He lifts a finger, points it at Fook, whose head is down and does not see. But suddenly, Fook is consumed by the dance. 
Fook is very confused about the fact that his sneaking suddenly involves doing the chicken dance. Wait, watch, watch. No, stop. A rather gnarled looking finger retracts back into the billowing arm of its cloak. Uh, Snakey's still um, having this monster under Hunter's mark. Decides it's her turn, turn to cause some damage. And she knocks her first arrow. I didn't even hit! What is going on? Well, he's a, he's, he's a big guy. Unacceptable! Know. My tail missed. Look, you're still doing good. You're still doing real Snakey good. Snakey knocks another arrow with frustration and anger. Thinks he could just fight my arrows. How dare he! If he feels this arrow going into him, you don't see it. On what is an impressive unibrow on this otherwise very hairy beast, there is a tiny little arrow sticking out as though it was a stray eyebrow, eyelash. I'm going to need a bigger bow and arrow. At least I hit him. Oh, this, what, wish I could breathe acid. This is lame. Well, it's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean... It's, can cause some indigestion if I'm in human form. Just saying. I lost two of my friends today. I can't talk right now. We're going to talk about ahead. that. I can't talk. Okay. Seeing that the homunculus has fallen, he turns his attention to what he perceives as his final remaining immediate threat, which is the ancient copper dragon that has previously done him harm. And he is going to seek to grab it and bite it. The demon is able to grab Jillicent by the tail, pull her down, and Snakey is jerked. Ah! And the maw of you-know-who tries to clamp down. But the tail of Jillicent is able is so... She still has so much fight in her that she's able to just barely get out of the way. And Snakey sees the jaws clench on nothing and the hear she hears the teeth grate against themselves and she can see the saliva spilling out in waterfalls from the mouth of you know who <sighs> okay okay yeah maybe, maybe we rely on your skills more next time than mine either's a time and a place i guess look we, we both bring something to the table we both bring something to the table here go go she is still caught in the hand of you know who Fuchs stops dancing and immediately crouches down in the hair. He takes a sack off his shoulder, and as he's reaching into it and pulling things out, he yells, So I guess you're aware of my presence. Uh, perhaps you can answer one question that I've been wondering about for quite some time, but never bothered really looking into. Because hot dogs are sold by the pound, they just happen to come in packs of eight, because that's the general weight of an individual wiener. All right, and my second question is, why are you doing this? Because we must consume. We must eat. We must destroy. Oh, so the big guy is pretty much taking over your brain at this point. Yeah, um, pretty much, yeah. That happened a while back. Uh, All right. It, I didn't mean for this to happen. This oh, was no, never no part of the does. plan. I, I had a lot of civic-minded things I was going to do. Oh, what did you want to do? Well, really, I'm into pool programs. Ooh. I think if children swim... Uh, it really gives them a sense of confidence. And, and then, the weak drown. 
and drowning deaths are reduced. That really that really actually has knock on budget effects. Oh, yes. Let's pretend that's what I meant. Well, if also people are, are healthier, they tend to miss less work. It, it really has a lot of positive societal benefits. But now I want to eat. And now Fook releases the six clockwork things that he pulls out of his uh, sack that spin and buzz and set off sirens heading off in random directions through the long fur of the creature. The scurrying catches the eye of this mysterious, officious wizard who is obviously the mayor. I mean, right? Everybody listening? Everybody yes. playing? Yes. Obviously the mayor. I doubt you'll be able to stop all of these explosives. No, they aren't. Yes, they are. I know. No, no, they aren't. Yes, clockwork explosives. We're not having this conversation. You've seen how often the gnome part of town blows up? Yes, I know. Because you're very bad at these things. These are really going to hurt. If there was a explosive, they would have blown up in your pocket. Ooh, cover your ears. Going to get loud. No, it isn't. Fook covers his ears. (laughs) On to Hank. Slowly falling in the homunculus. Hank looks around the control room in a panicked manner. Uh, I hope they have airbags. I hope they have airbags. Oh, wait. Maybe I'm the airbag. Hank casts gaseous form on himself to turn himself into a cloud of mist, and he begins to fill the room. The homunculus falls. There's a great thud. The cobblestone is destroyed beneath it. There is a deep impression. A sewer main breaks open spewing sewage and water into the streets. But that doesn't really do much to a cloud of gas. <laughs> and Hank reforms himself into a solid person. Oh, this is going to be a terrible mess to fix up. This is, uh, no. Monster first, sewers second. Though this hurts me. And begins looking over the controls on a way to get this homunculus back up and fighting. And Hank slams on the button to detach the robot from the main homunculus and fly his koala back into the fight. It, uh, it's not moving as well as it originally was, but it does sputter back to life a bit. And he slowly rises back into the air. The mayor considers how much of a threat is posed to him by the annoying little gnome. Explosives! He decides to toy with him. And another finger extends from his billowing robe. And the metal of Fuchs' armor begins to get hot. Oh, you don't need to give me extra reasons to strip. Uh, Jillicent is stuck in the the hands of you-know-who, but she hasn't been really hurt by him at all yet, neither of you. Okay, I I have a plan, uh, and and I think you're going to like it because it involves stuff you like and stuff that I like. I need you to kiss this monster. I, um, uh, ooh, uh, what, like, okay, you're making, you're, I think this is a metaphor, you're, but I don't get it. Nah, I don't get the okay, metaphor. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, I need you to, when the monster opens his mouth, I want you to spit acid down it. That's what you think kissing is? <laughs> yeah. Wow, no wonder we had that awkward moment at, at Makeout Rock. It's going to burn so bad, and everyone's going to feel so bad about it in the morning, and... You know, uh, embarrassing. I, uh, it's creepy, but it's a good idea. Yes. I'm very unsettled by by it, but it's it's a good idea. I was raised in the forest by myself. <laughs> it's showing. Okay. Sure. We'll try it. And sure enough, you know who 
once again attempts to bite, and his mouth opens wide. The mouth is getting closer, and Jillicent is able to twist her long neck around, and you are square on with... You see down his throat, you see his gullet. You see his giant demonic uvula hanging like a target. Oh, it's hot like a sauna. It smells like a sauna full of old fat men. Jillicent gathers up as much of her acid in her throat as she can. And as, because she has the word kiss in her head, as she gets closer, just as the breath is coming out, she just involuntarily purses her lips. So it comes out instead of an acid spray, an acid breath, it's, there's a bit of acid spittle that comes out of her mouth. And because Jillison's head is right in the maw, right where Snakey is on, you know who has his jaws clenched around and has basically swallowed the head of Jillicent, including Snakey. You are now in the mouth of the beast, and he's about to swallow. Oh, this is my bad! All you hear is sort of a gargle as Jillicent is slowly being choked as no, 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 the no, no, teeth no. are around her throat. The air fills with the smell of burnt gnome. Fook's armor is glowing a bright orange. And then he disappears into a silvery mist, but his armor does not. He reappears a moment later directly beside his armor, reaches out, grabs his shield and his axe, and thinking that he has ex extra speed granted to him by Hank, which no longer quite exists, he, he runs on his stubby legs in his full-body underwear with the butt flap hanging open, with his shield and his axe towards this wizard. Fook really thought he would get a lot closer to him, but he's just out of reach. The wizard looks down, gives a smirk and a bit of a nod. And then Fook throws the axe. Fook throws his magical axe, which flares in the sky as it, as it spins, and it impacts into the wizard's shoulder, throwing him back and almost removing the arm, but not quite. Thunder fills the air, and the wizard does not fall back. There's an imperceptible movement in the head of the demon as it feels something on its shoulder. What you're feeling is gnome! But it is then distracted by a flying metal koala bear. Also a dragon in his mouth. It's got, it, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> Hank aims directly for you know whose head. Tips both of the control sticks directly forward to get to full possible speed. And then he casts enlarge on the koala that he's in to increase its size. He's hoping to hammer the thing dead on with a kamikaze run. The giant, the gargantuan koala flies at full speed directly into the chest of you know who. It shudders a bit. And... The impact is great, but he is still standing, and the koala recoils off of it, and Hank is pretty shaken up. Oh, oh no, I, I've been in a collision. I need to call for support. Someone tell me. Oh. On a distant rooftop, Coney makes a decision and vanishes. The mayor is impressed by the little gnome. What can I do to you with this? He's going to cast a Gaius. He tells you, 
to just calm down and take a break. That you need to live, you need to be a pacifist now. His words seem so persuasive and there's such a part of you that wants to leave the life of battle behind and just sit down on this big bushy shoulder. But there's another part of you that says, no, I must fight. And you are able to resist the power of his spell. Someday I'll tell you the story of when I lost my trust in government. I don't want to hear that. Oh, no one does. And he disappears into a silvery puff, and you don't see where he is. That means he's only 30 feet away. And now we come to Snaky within the Maw of the Beast. It's humid. It's very humid. Okay. Okay, Jillison. I, um... We might die. But, uh... Do you want to give that acid thing... One more go? Mm. Uh, she is unable to fully speak, but you can feel her jaw start to open to fight to get enough air into her lungs. Look, I'm, I'm not really good at, like, uh, speaking or, or encouragement or anything, but uh, I, I, I really like your scales, and um, it's, been an, it's been an honor killing... Killing shit with you today. A massive tear comes from the eye of Jillicent. Stop it! Stop! Stop crying! You're crying! She breathes out and acid fills the mouth of you-know-who. You feel it shudder. You can hear it screaming inside your mind. Snakey is burned badly by the acid. Jillicent herself is burned badly by the acid and she... Her head bows a bit. She's barely breathing. She doesn't seem to have the strength to fight her way free of its jaws. And another tear comes from her eye. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons-powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Scott Thrower as Spook the Paladin, Lee Cameron as Snakey the Ranger, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, themed by Derek Baldwin, and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com, and don't forget to like, rate, and share. Thanks for listening. Although Snakey is in tremendous danger. La 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 la. <laughs> and so very much is Fook. Even I am impressed at the brilliance of my plan. That means I'm going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs>